0: insight, the news, the analysis, everything from Penn State Training Camp here on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr, and today what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll all of that information up into one number that I'm going to give to you. I'm calling it the confidence factor. How confident am I in a position group based on what we've learned, what we know, and then what's the likelihood that they'll reach that level of performance that's what that number is going to mean it's a little bit of this a little bit of that I think it should be pretty fun by the way make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page you hit the notifications so you don't miss anything because I'm going to get Greg Pickle and Nate Bauer in here our Penn State Insiders and we're going to do this with them later in the week so you'll find out exactly how all of us feel about Penn State football heading into the fall and into 2021 you'll get the confidence factor only here on the BWI Daily edition and only if you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts we've been saying this for a little bit coming soon to Apple Podcasts we've been working on that and banging on that door for a while we're not quite sure what the problem is but we're getting there so with that in mind the confidence factor for 2021 we'll go through each Penn State position group and no better place to start than with Sean Clifford quarterback and the quarterback group for 2021. As you can see, the confidence factor here is not as high as you might like it. That's really indicative, I think, not just of the quarterback room, but of Clifford himself. If we look at him as the individual, in 2019, he was a reasonable first year starting quarterback. He had some good games where he was a major part of why Pense was succeeding on offense. He also had some games where he was not, he was more of a let's say, passenger on the offense with the offensive line and the running game really taking over and being the driving force of what Penn State was doing that day. That's true of just about any quarterback. At some point, one of the other parts of the offense is going to take the lead. The problem was in 2020, obviously, there was a big difference. Now, here's the reality going back to 2019 and then to 2020: the downfield throws, and this is, we've talked about this a lot here on the podcast. His downfield throwing percentage went way down, and it wasn't necessarily high, and he wasn't making a bunch of big-time throws in 2019. But the, the metrics were staggering when you look at how bad it was in 2020. Less than 10% of his throws went downfield last season. That will absolutely change in 2021, meaning he's going to have more opportunities to make plays for the offense. Part of why he was so, he had such a step back last year is because they weren't great opportunities and there weren't many of them for him to make a real difference. In the game. And what happened was when he did make a difference in the game, it was in a negative sense. But he has always been a risk averse quarterback that has not put the ball in danger until he did. I do believe that if you look at what he's going to be able to do in 2021, we'll get to more about his skill positions in a minute, but he should be able to reasonably get back to where he was in 2019. A quarterback that can operate the offense, make some plays for you downfield, but ultimately will not be the main driving force between the winning and the losing on a regular basis. Now, he can outperform that for sure, but with a first year in a system with Mike Yersich, my confidence in that happening is not high But I do think that, you know, a winning quarterback, a quarterback you can win with, that's what this number represents. Just maybe above average, but not so much so that he's going to outright win you games. Penn State will have to be a complete team in 2021 if Sean Clifford is to have that sort of season. Now, again, he can outplay that. Sure, my confidence, my likelihood factor is that he probably won't. And then if you look at the rest of the roster at that position... That's really, again, where the confidence taps out at, we don't know anything about Taquan Roberson. You better hope and pray that a freshman quarterback does not play in the game in Christian Veyu, so that really leaves Sean Clifford and his checkered past as the guy at that position. So that's why our confidence factor starts off right there. Now, if, if you didn't like that part, I have some good news for you. It's going to get better here with the running back position, where we have a much higher confidence factor, because the reality is... As stark of a contrast as you could have between the quarterback room and the running back room, I do believe one of these guys is going to have all Big Ten level production. Kivon Lee, I think, has taken a physical step forward from what we've seen in 2019 and what we saw in 2020 in the spring. He's looked like a more fluid back. He's looked a little more well-rounded physically. Noah Kane has come back, and speaking of physical, he looks like a specimen at the running back position, and they're bolstered with depth and talent at that position unless something catastrophic happens and i just don't believe that's going to happen penn state is going to have a highly productive running back that is able to help this team win games and again i i don't i don't care as much about the name as i do the position is strong and it's deep the question here and the reason it tops out below maybe the highest percentages is what is the upside of this room are there players that can get to that all-american level of production and that's kind of where I have a cutoff at the 90 and above is in an ideal world if people were objective about how they voted for things then if you had that level of production you'd be considered an all-american candidate I do think if Noah Kane plays his best they are in that conversation but my confidence in the fact that that would happen doesn't quite get there but still a driving force for why Penn State should win in 2021 is they have a strong and deep running back room. Even if one of them gets injured, I do think they can weather that storm this year and still be highly productive. Speaking of talent and Big Ten snubs, the reason we brought that up, the receiver position, here's our confidence factor for the receiver position. And really, the my, my reasoning for where it is, is because, yes, Parker Washington and Jahan Dotson are going to be good football players. And with the noise he made last year, I do think as long as Jahan Dotson backs that up, he is a shoe-in for an all-Big Ten receiver position. The question then becomes, again, two things. What's the upside of this position? Can he reach that All-American status? Or the production where he is one of the best receivers in the country? can he be a threat at every single moment that he that the defense needs to account for and he can win any matchup he comes across that's really what that elite level 90 plus to me means if you're going to be that that level of production but that's just one individual player brought this up last week Cam Sullivan Brown is looking like he's likely the starter opposite those two for Penn State on the boundary. If that's the case and nobody else steps up, Keiondra Lambert-Smith taking some steps, making uh, confidence is is a bigger factor for him this year, then what's the upside of this group? And do they have the depth to be a consistent threat down the field, in the middle of the field, and to break runs when they get the ball in their hands in the short area? Some of them, I absolutely believe that. But is that enough to make this an elite group on the field? I just don't think so. I think that when you throw all of that into the the pot, what you get is a very dependable Probably going to produce some all Big Ten candidates at receiver, but in the end, this group is not going to be an unstoppable force that drives Penn State into the highest stratosphere of what they can be. My confidence factor in the group as a whole is not terribly high after we talked to receivers coach Taylor Stubblefield last week. Some of the comments he made about the depth, to me, that was... That's why we're here with this particular group is that Cam Sullivan Brown, Keandre Lambert-Smith, they have an option, they have the opportunity to contribute outside of the big two at the receiver position. And while a lot of that production always comes from the top two, you do need a lot of options when it comes to the ability to make plays in the passing game. So we'll leave it there for now. And maybe I'm a little low on that. I'm even admitting that. Maybe I'm a little low on that right now. But I think that if you look at the whole picture, that's why we get there. Speaking of the whole picture, the tight end group, this might be an area where it's a little bit shocking. I've called this the most talented tight end room in the nation with absolutely zero evidence that that might be the case. Just in in general, there are athletes at this position that are incredible. But they haven't done it yet. That's my one caveat is that if Bretton Strange, Theo Johnson, and Tyler Warren play up to their level of potential, I'm gonna look silly with this. But my confidence that at least one of them, if not two, really hit that level of production and consistently play at a high level, that's where I'm I'm concerned. Because we we really haven't seen it yet. We've seen flashes. We're down into the single digits of plays that have tantalized us with this potential, but we have not even seen it for a full game with any of these guys being really game-breaking players at that position. So going into 2021, you can feel great about it. You should feel great about it. This is another one of those things. Put a pin in it. You can tell me I'm wrong later, but my confidence that they're going to hit that elite-level production that everyone's been talking about I don't think that's the case. I think their they're, they're floor, and I think that's what this really represents, is that they're a very solid unit. And they've got a lot of potential to hit that high upside. But I'm just pumping the brakes a little bit on, on the idea that they're absolutely going to be superstars at this position. Because Bretton Strange, his abilities after the catch are yet to be determined. I think they're there. I think he can do it but I need to see a little bit of evidence before we go all in with this position. And remember, this is heading into the final week of training camp and before we get to the first game of the season. So all of this is subject to change as we see more evidence down the road. But right now, what we're talking about in our confidence factor, sitting here heading into the final week of training camp, how confident should you be in individual position groups based on everything that we know? That brings us again to the offensive tackle position. And kind of how I have this in my head, so you know, is that if you're in the 70s, this is you have a potential of having an all-Big Ten player. In the 80s, it's a shoe in 90s, again, the, the, the level of production that will get you national recognition. It's hard to get national recognition as an offensive line, but I do believe at the tackle position, Rasheed Walker absolutely has the ability to do that, but... Again, we talk about Caden Wallace as a given, and I don't believe that's the case, because last season when we saw the Penn State offense struggling to throw the football down the field, Will Fries was the right tackle. After they augmented their offense, they went to a shorter, quicker passing attack. That's when they started experimenting with the offensive line and putting Wallace out there at right tackle. When we talk in the past about true pass sets, which PFF tracks as the number of pass sets where you are forced into, as an offense, an obvious passing situation. When you do that, we have seen less than 100 snaps from Caden Wallace. Just looking at him, he's a big physical monster of a player, but he kind of moves like that a little bit. This is just my concern. And again, this is a confidence factor that I think they're going to be good. They're going to be a productive member of the team. But are they bookend tackles that will keep Sean Clifford clean the majority of the snaps? I do have some questions about that because even with Rasheed Walker, we have yet to see the consistency and the production. There's nothing proven there. Phil Troutwine is a big part of this, and Phil Troutwine is the guy that can make this even better. But right now, without seeing those true pass sets, I still don't really know fully what sort of athlete, what the upper limits of Caden Wallace's abilities as a pass blocker are, and that's what's holding them back from being in the 80s. I do think this is a good group. I do think this is a group that can get there and can be a strength of the team, but they're falling just short into the above average category. And I think that's a fair place to put them right now. My confidence is really hinged on a couple of things but another one that I'm I'm happy to be wrong about this in the future because I do think they have the ability to be better when it comes to their high-end potential. It's just that, that level of confidence. Coming back to the confidence factor, not sure they'll get there. Now we'll head into the interior for our confidence factor on the interior of the offensive line, and this is really another one where people are assuming and there are givens about the guys that are starting. Covered this before in another Daily Edition talking about What's returning on the Penn State offensive line? Right now, we're putting that left guard position as really an unknown. We're all expecting Juice Scruggs from what we've seen to be the starting right guard, Mike Miranda to be the starting center. But Mike Miranda has never started a game at center. So he is a returning veteran. He has more snaps than anyone but Rashid Walker on the offensive line. That's a new position for him. Again, my confidence in the ability for him to do that is high individually. I think the talent is there for Juice Scruggs, but we've seen him on such a limited number of snaps that if you're telling me if, if you're asking me, you have to decide how confident are you in that. 50, 50, 65, uh, 35, maybe somewhere in there. I do believe he can get there, but I just I don't know what kind of pass blocker he is again. There's a lot of unknowns on that offensive line. And you can you can see those in a positive way. Or you can see them as there is the potential that it could go the other way. And in that left guard position, we really don't know anything about the players at that position or their abilities. We haven't been able to see live work at camp. It is such an unknown to everybody because none of the guys that are in this competition outside of Eric Wilson, who played for an entirely different team in an entirely different league, have any snaps in college football. So an entirely new player, a new starter, is going to be hitting the field at left guard. Now, that doesn't have to be the end of the world, but my confidence that all three of those players on the interior, two of which that are playing a new position or playing for the first time, I can't go much higher than this. That's really where it tops out. My confidence in that group and based on their skill sets, they again have the potential to be really a strong unit and make a complete offensive line but are you sure it's going to happen? I don't think we can be sure of that. So that'll take care of the offense. Now let's head to the defense and possibly the biggest concern at defensive end. And I don't think we'd get much higher than this, even if Adisa Isaac was on the field in 2021. Really what he does is provides another option and balances out the group. We talked about this in depth last week. Uh, our last episode was on the defensive end position with Greg Pickle, and the the, the picture is starting to shape up there where Nick Tarburton is going to be the starter, opposite of Arnold Ebikidi. Outside of Ebikiti, who again is taking a step up from a different conference, the AAC, to come up to the Big Ten, you can be confident in his pass rushing ability. I am. I'm not confident that he's going to be a stout run defender. So then you have to know what else is available at the defensive end position, and again, Possibly a hybrid player in Jesse Luceda. Nick Tarburton has shown, I think, enough that he can be a dependable, reliable, good player. High floor sort of player. I don't know what his upper end abilities are. And then it's complete unknowns after that. So the confidence here, this is really riding on the confidence because the talent, there are some very talented players at the defensive end position. There's a good mix of skills as well between guys that can rush the passer and guys that can stop the run. But how does it all work together? When you throw that all on the field, when you roll those dice, what comes up? And I don't see a lot of opportunities for them to be an elite unit from a production standpoint. I think they're going to be helped out by the rest of the front seven. That's going to be the key there is can they just hold their own? And if we think it's 50 through 55 really as being average, as being you know an average unit, I don't know that they can get much more above average this year, and the sum of their parts is going to have to outperform the individual talents that are available. But the good news is, on the interior, I think you can find some very good football players. And again, I don't know that there's the high-end superstars here, but this one I think is rock solid. This, this defensive tackle position with the guys they brought in, Derek Tangelo, and when they have guys like P.J. Mustfer, Hakeem Beeman... This is one of the more stable units, one of the better units on the defense. But if you're talking about high end production, this one to me is solidly in the middle 70s. Somewhere in the 70s is where they're gonna where they're gonna end up as a lot of good run defenders, some interior pass rushers, and maybe someone breaks out to be an above average player. But I would put their ability to get guys into postseason awards. Not much higher than this, and that's really where if you have a solid, dependable unit, that's what you want from defensive tackles anyway. Anything above that, I think, is, is is a bonus. So let's move on to the linebacker core, and this is another one that I think is really interesting because I went back and forth multiple times on the linebackers. At first, I was pretty confident. Then I thought about it, and I was less confident, and then I thought about it again And I felt a little more confident, so I tried to find a good middle ground for what that is, and here's what we have. And these are the problems. Uh, Ellis Brooks, from what we've heard and the reports, is he's not really commanding that middle Mike Linebacker position. There's still some ambivalence of what the plan for Jesse Luceda is, and if you feel confident moving him full-time to defensive end and having him moonlight at Linebacker. So if we're not fully confident about that, how can you be fully confident about the entire group? You also have a guy moving from one position to another, but Brandon Smith is poised for a breakout season because we saw real evidence of him making big plays at the Will linebacker position at the end of last season. So you can be confident that he is going to be a very good football player. And this is where I'm going out on a limb, and this is why I went back and forth with the linebacking unit, is when you think about Curtis Jacobs as a sophomore, starting and being the guy with really nobody else behind him as that Sam linebacker. I am banking on what I've seen of super exciting, talented player that can make big plays consistently, that has that it, knack, whatever factor it is, that he makes plays in the passing game. He's a good coverage player. He's basically a safety that's grown to 230 pounds. That is the hope. But we have, again, we just have not seen a lot from him. I went ahead and ultimately I'm banking on the thought that two of your three linebackers are going to be playmakers on the field that routinely are disrupting the offense. And then if you have a steady force on the interior, that's good enough and you're going to have a productive unit with some potential superstars at it, which is why they're kind of getting creeping up towards that 80 overall you're gonna have good production out of that linebacking group it just then becomes again the consistency of the unit as a whole and then the depth the depth is pretty scary at linebacker so that's another part of this particular assessment moving on to Probably the best news on the defense for Penn State football, and that would be the cornerbacks. This unit is deep and talented. There's really no questions about whether or not they are going to be a solid unit. Then the question becomes, are they going to have any guys that break out and become superstars? They certainly have the players with the talent, Joey Porter Jr., Tariq Castrofield's coming back for his fifth year. He has been a guy poised for a renaissance season, but the injuries and injuries some other problems have really slowed him down in the past. This is his year to do it, and there's guys on the roster that will push him if he can't. And I do think he's going to be a good player no matter what. He will be the starter. That's not what I'm saying, but this unit is so talented, and there are so many players capable of doing that, that I do think that's going to raise the profile of the whole unit. You can't avoid Tariq Castro Fields anymore because you, you're you throwing at so many talented football players in the secondary. Then the question again simply becomes, I do think one of these guys is going to be a standout this season, but are multiple of them? Is Joey Porter Jr. going to make that leap? Is Johnny Dixon coming over from South Carolina in his first full potential starting position, or at least full uh, role on a, on a defense? Is he going to be able to do that at a high level? That's where I think we find the upper limits of this group for now. This is going to be a group with Kalen King, Dixon, A.J. Litton, Joey Porter Jr. We already talked about. In the future, this is going to be a potential superstar unit. But I think this year, they're going to be a very good unit, and they're going to grow as the season goes. But right now, again, we haven't seen enough of some of those re, those, those important pieces to know that they're going to be really good. What we do know about the safety position is that Jaquan Brisker is the guy on the Penn State football team outside of Jahan Dotson. And he is going to be the guy at safety that is going to be the focal point of the defense. What he does and his ability to produce and to do multiple things on the defense... I do think is going to push him into a, an almost all-American sort of role, a guy who is getting national attention. He was starting to at the end of last season, and his ability to play at that level and now play with better talent around him that fits better, that's going to give him the opportunity to really shine. And he's got the versatility, he's got the size, he's got the, the multidimensional usage that can make him that football player. And again, this is the one question is who's lining up next to him. Who's going to be that other safety? And again, the good news is here, they have more options in 2021 than they did in 2020. Jair Brown is going to be the likely guy starting next to him as a solid contributor and a guy that has some really good talents. And then Keaton Ellis moving over, is he a corner with safety skills? Or was he quietly a safety the whole time that has high-end corner skills at that position? What he does is going to determine a lot of the uh, of that upper end of the potential at this group. But again, Tyler Rudolph in the mix here as well. I, I love this safety position, even with that uncertainty opposite of Jaquan Brisker. I think this is going to be, really, when it comes down to it, and the addition of Anthony Poindexter, this can take this unit to the next level where Penn State's been trying to get to in the secondary for several years now. And finally... You can't forget the slot. The slot as as a position to me, I'm more fascinated with that than I am just about any other position on the football field. And it can get forgotten at sometimes because it's used in a multitude of different ways. But when you don't have a good slot player and you don't have a player with the versatility to do enough things, that's when you get into trouble as a defense. If this is a weakness of your team... Your defense will suffer, but the good news for Penn State football is I don't think that's the case. They have enough talented players in the secondary, and again, I'm, I'm also counting Curtis Jacobs in this conversation. Enough different types of bodies that they can put in that position that this is going to be truly a strength of the team as it has been in the past. Daquan Hardy is the true slot corner, it seems, heading into this season, and I think you can feel confident about that because, again, he played really well in 2020, especially when he was thrust into some bad situations, especially in the slot. Did he play very well? And then when you look at the, the group as a whole, the conversation of Jonathan Sutherland has been there. I'm not super in love with that, but if you're in a run situation, he can provide you the flexibility to be a presence around the box. You also can drop a safety in, into that position with Jair Brown, possibly Keaton Ellis. The, the group as a whole, and the variety of body types and skill position players that they can cover, I do think this is going to be a good part of that secondary. So really, nothing you didn't know before, but the Penn State secondary really is talented and they are deep and flexible. They are the strength of the unit this year. Now, as a whole, the question will be on defense, whether or not they can put it all together. But there you have it. That is the confidence factor for all the individual position groups, for Penn State football, heading into the final week of training camp here in 2021. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll be doing more here with the BWI Daily Edition. And of course, training camp is not done yet, so we'll have live updates this week. We'll have up-to-the-date information after practice, typically on Wednesdays. So we'll make sure we have that information for you as the week unfolds. Any new information, as always, we're bringing it to you here on the BWI Daily Edition. And, of course, bwi.rivals.com. We've got an awesome deal. And I, I should have mentioned this earlier. BWI60. You can get Blue White Illustrated free for two months when you sign up with a promo code BWI60. It's an awesome deal. Football season, it, I'm not even kidding anymore. It's right around the corner. It's to the point now that I have to start making plans. So if you want to get if you want your plans to include Blue White Illustrated and our immense amount of coverage from writing to podcast to YouTube, make sure you sign up BWI60. And of course, BWI Daily Edition, subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. We'll be back again tomorrow.